T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gunner. Big fly, no Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time! And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Thursday night on Sports Open Line, it is so good to be with you. First crack at Sports Open Line this week, which means my first crack at Major League Baseball since they canceled opening day. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. It's not like, uh, you know, all kinds of stadium workers are going to be out a month's worth of income if you don't figure this out soon. Um, You know, some of you guys may know this. This is not true. I will say this right up front. This is not true for me. This has zero impact on my job. Doesn't impact my earnings at all. But there are a lot of people who broadcast baseball games, especially on the TV side, who will not make any money. And I'm not just talking about the dudes that are calling games or whatever. I'm talking about cameramen. I'm talking about producers. I'm talking about all kinds of people. People that work the truck. They don't get paid if these games don't get played. So, yeah, thanks, guys. This is great. And, you know, look, I... There's a there's a, there's a, a a natural tendency I think to to both sides this kind of thing right well they both need to <clears throat> no now like don't get me wrong in a negotiation both sides have to give but both sides have to give not just one side and I put this blame entirely on Major League Baseball and on the thirty owners now, maybe it's not all thirty owners what we have to understand is it only takes eight no votes to kill a collective bargaining agreement from the ownership side. All it takes is eight. If you got eight or nine, you have no deal, no matter what. So maybe maybe it is just a, a minority of owners that are holding it up. And obviously the owners are not going to let that word out, right? They keep things pretty close to the vest. But regardless of the circumstances, this is an ownership problem. Apparently, what the owners have been making isn't good enough. Because the players aren't asking for anything unreasonable. They're not asking for anything that is beyond the pale. And in fact, I mentioned this a number of times last week, but a lot of what they initially wanted to talk about, they were told no, like from the word go. 
right? When they wanted to talk about getting to free agency earlier, owner said, nope, not an option. So that got thrown aside. When they wanted to talk about getting everybody to arbitration sooner, they were told, nope, not up for discussion. It was like a parent talking to a child. Nope, we're not even going to talk about it. So two of the big things that the players wanted to negotiate over, they were told, yeah, you know what? No, we're not even going to talk about it. Those aren't even those aren't even points for discussion. So Major League Baseball had two major victories right out of the gate in all of this. And what you'll see as we go through this hour is how the numbers work and what the real problem is here. I don't like to just tell people what I think. Like, I don't want to just say it's the owner's fault. I want to show you how it is their fault. And I'm going to do a lot of that throughout the course of the hour. But to kickstart it, to kind of get us moving in the right direction, I want to have I want you to hear a little bit of what Rod Manfred said earlier this week when they announced the cancellation of opening day and the cancellation. I shouldn't say cancellation. Maybe it's postponement. I don't know. Whatever. When they announced that opening day would not happen as scheduled, and in fact, the first two series would not happen as scheduled. So here's how we're going to play this out. We're going to hear from Rob Manfred. We're going to listen to him spin this. We're going to talk about what the owners were actually doing in these collective bargaining talks and what they were not doing. We're going to talk about how competitive balance is a straw man. That it's not actually a real problem in Major League Baseball, even though it's the same, it's the, it's the, it's the fallback for Manfred whenever they talk about anything related to money. Well, you know, for competitive balance, we can't let the Yankees and Dodgers run wild. I mean, all right, so what are we going to do about the bottom end of the spectrum? Because competitive balance means pushing everybody toward the middle, which is what you have in the NFL and the NBA. See, you know, you don't have that in baseball, and I know there's no cap, but there is a cap. It's called luxury tax. More accurately called a, a, a competitive balance tax, which is just nonsense. Because for there to be competitive balance, the teams at the bottom end of the spectrum need to move closer to the middle, and there's nothing in place to ensure that that happens. We'll get to that later. We're also going to hear from a former baseball executive, or hear what he had to say. He wrote about it about how profitable it is to get into professional sports and why investors always want to get in. This idea that it's not a good investment is just stupid. So we've got all that coming up following this little bit from Rob Manfred when he announced that Major League Baseball would not be starting the regular season on time. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I had hoped against hope that I would not have to have this particular press conference um, in which I am going to cancel some regular season games. We worked hard to avoid an outcome that's bad for our fans, bad for our players, and bad for our clubs. I want to assure our fans that our failure to reach an agreement was not due to a lack of effort by either party. The players came here for nine days, they worked hard, they tried to make a deal, and I appreciate their effort. Our committee of club representatives committed to the process. They offered compromise after compromise and hung in past the deadline to make sure that we exhausted every possibility of reaching an agreement before the cancellation of games. 
Okay, I had to pause for a second because none of that's real. Like, the owners locked the players out in early December and did not present another offer, did not initiate talks for another six weeks. So you can tell me all you want about, well, the last 10 days, we're yeah, okay. Where were you for the two and a half months before that? Why were there no offers from you? You know, when you announced the lockout, you announced that this was to spur talks. We want to push this thing forward. And then you did nothing for six weeks. Sorry, but my BS my BS monitor was going off. <laughs> I had to jump in. I don't know. I may jump in a little bit more as we go along. So far, the parties have failed to achieve their mutual goal of reaching an agreement. The unfortunate thing, maybe the most unfortunate thing, is that agreement, the one we've offered to our players, ha- offered huge benefits for our fans and for our players. That's BS. What benefit to the fans? Are ticket prices coming down? Are their TV packages getting uh, cheaper? Are the blackouts all across the country being lifted for fans? There was nothing in that that was better for fans. And I'll explain that a little bit later on because when they talk about competitive balance, it really plays well in small markets like Cleveland, and I mean low-revenue markets really, Cleveland and Miami and Pittsburgh because they're like, yeah, we can't keep up with the Yankees. Well, no, you can't. But you could keep up with Tampa Bay. You could keep up with Milwaukee and Minnesota. All right, continue, Rob. We have listened to the Players Association throughout the process. A primary goal of the Players Association has been to increase pay for younger players. I said in Orlando, and I'll say it again, we agree and share that goal. We offered to raise the minimum salary to $700,000, an increase of $130,000 from last year. We offered to create an annual bonus pool of $30 million for our very best young players. In total, we're offering nearly a 33% raise to almost two-thirds of major league players and we're adding more than $100 million annually in additional compensation for this younger player group. The proposal also addressed player and fan concerns about issues like service time and competition. Pause for a second. I got to go back to that part where he's talking about how there's this much more money coming in for the younger players. What he's not saying there is that what they'll do is continue to not pay veteran players. They're not adding payroll. They're making more money for the younger players, but that will come at the expense of players that are deeper into their careers. That'll come at the expense of guys that are getting to be 30, 31, 32 years old, and they'll just say, you know what, we're not going to pay you guys at all. Uh, You're old, and we'll go with the younger, cheaper guys. So they make it sound like they're adding to what they're going to pay out, but they're not. And you know how we know that they're not? Because they're already doing that. They're already pushing that player out of the mix. All right, continue, Rob. Baseball would, for the first time, have a draft lottery. Big deal. The most aggressive lottery in professional sports. Also, for the first time ever, we agreed to an incentive system to encourage clubs to promote top prospects on opening day. We also proposed that the first and second place finishers in Rookie of the Year voting in each league 
would receive a full year of service no matter how long they were in the major leagues. So two players in each league, just so you're clear. The Sorry, one player in each league. MLBPA asked us to make free agency more robust. For the first time ever, we agreed to eliminate draft pick compensation, a change that the MLBPA has sought for decades. That's actually a good thing. On the competitive balance tax, we offered a significantly larger first-year increase than in the last two agreements, bearing in mind that the competitive balance tax is the only mechanism in our agreement that protects some semblance of a level playing field among the clubs. That's a lie. There is no level playing field. There never has been a level playing field. And that's not what this collective bargaining agreement does. There doesn't need to be a mechanism in place because it's accurate to say there's no mechanism in place for it. There doesn't need to be one when any team can keep as low a payroll as they want. They have their hand on the regulator. They have, like, if you want, like, for example, you listen to the radio in your car. You're like, you know what? That's too loud. You just turn it down. You just turn it down. It's too much. You turn it down. You don't need to have a regulator on your radio. You just turn down the volume. This is the same thing. You don't need a regulator on that because they can just turn it down as low as they want. The international draft would have more fairly allocated talent among the clubs and reduced abuses in some international markets. So some of those 16-year-old players from outside the U.S. would get distributed differently. We also listen to our fans. The expanded playoffs would bring the excitement of meaningful September baseball and postseason baseball to fans in more markets. I agree. While we preferred the 14-team format, when the format became a significant obstacle, we listened to the players' concerns and offered a compromise by accepting the 12-team format. Good. Finally, we offered a procedural agreement that would allow for the timely implementation of sorely needed rules like the pitch timer and the elimination of shifts to improve the entertainment value of the game on the field. So while I agree that some of those things are needed, there is no proof that those things will offer the relief that you're talking about. I've talked about this a number of times already this offseason. There is no guarantee that a pitch clock or an elimination of the shift is actually going to make it a better product to watch. There just isn't. It might help a little bit, but how much? Anyway, I got to take the time out. You heard a little bit from the commissioner. You heard me call some BS there. And this is the problem. And I want to explain to you again, and this is what the next segment's going to be about, why, why the owners are to blame for this. And part of it is because of the information that they keep from us. If they really had a case to make, they would make it with the numbers. And I'll tell you what I mean next on KMOX. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, so let's dive in here because I've been making the case for a long time why this is the owner's fault. And it is. And, by, and I mean like one, that's owners plural, like owners with the apostrophe at the end of the S, not before it. Because they, they obviously they hold all the cards and it's their lockout. But it's also because they're coming from such a position of power, there really is no loss here. The only way there would be a loss for owners in these collective bargaining talks would be if they gave in on everything. And by that, I also mean like getting to free agency earlier, not happening, not even up for discussion, Everybody getting to arbitration earlier, not happen, not even up for discussion. Like those would be the only ways this could be a loss. Raising the collective balance tax, the collective balance, the competitive balance tax, the CBT, the luxury tax. I'm just going to say luxury tax. (laughs) It's just easier to say. Raising the luxury tax without raising the penalties would not damage the game. And it would not be a loss for owners because they don't have to go to the limit. The only people that would go there would be the ones that want to. Nobody has to have any particular level of investment into this. They can, they, if you could field a team of 26 minimum salary players, that's perfectly allowed. It's a terrible idea, but it's allowed. And we'll get into the competitive balance part of all of this coming up in a, in a little bit. We'll do that in the next segment. But I posted this on Twitter yesterday. I just want to go through a couple of these thoughts because it was kind of a way I was arranging my thoughts after being gone for about a week. And obviously the first thing I thought of was, yeah, I called this wrong. I thought that the financial interest of the two parties would be the primary factor in getting a deal done without interrupting the regular season at all. I thought essentially greed would win out, right? You lost a lot of money in 2020. Don't want to lose any more. 2021, the revenue started to come back, almost $10 billion. 
But this isn't about greed, I don't think. I mean, ultimately, it kind of is. But this is more emotion and ego coming from the owner's side. To me, this comes from that same place that, like, drunken fights come from at a bar. You know, I mean, we all know the guy that just can't let anything go. You know, somebody bumps into him. Well, you got a problem? You know, the people that can't let it go, can't reason. They just know that it's going to end in a fist fight. This comes from that same place. The need to dominate. That's what it is. The need for guys that are worth billions to dominate the players. Because the players, players, yeah, they make a lot of money. And a lot of them are alphas. You know, these are guys that don't like a lot of nonsense. And I feel like this is a way to kind of push back at them. Because they won too many damn fights over the years, damn it. But regardless of what the numbers are for the luxury tax, the owners already had a win, as I was explaining a minute ago. Because they have a limit at the top of the food chain. They have a limit for the big markets. And that comes without any kind of minimum for the lower level teams. And it comes with no guaranteed percentage going to the MLBPA. Major League Baseball players make the lowest percentage of total revenue in their sport of any of the professional sports leagues. So don't give me this thing. like They have the best CBA because they don't have a cap. No, no, they do. The luxury tax is a cap. It acts as a cap. So there is a limit at the top, but there's nothing pushing up from the bottom. And under the deal that's been out there, there would have been nothing to encourage low-revenue teams to compete. The draft lottery is not going to change that. It's not going to change the fact that a low payroll, regardless of how crappy the team is, that a low payroll guarantees profit. There is no risk in Major League Baseball in putting a losing team on the field, period. No risk because of the TV money. So, for example, even the lowly pirates, who I pick on all the time, get more than $60 million a year from the national television deal. So they, that's their cut. And they have a local television deal that's like $45 million a year. So even before they sell a ticket or a corporate sponsorship or anything else, they're at $105 million in revenue, and their payroll is at $40 million. So even if you only sell a million tickets... At $40 a ticket, that's another $40 million before a hot dog is sold. Before a, before a Coke, before any merchandise sales, before any license deals. I mean, like, what are we even talking about here? And, you know, the offers that, that Major League Baseball was making to the players were ridiculous, right? So, you know, they the, the expanded playoffs is a, is a really valuable trade chip. It's worth a lot of money to, to the owners. And that's money, by the way, that, that, that doesn't, ha- doesn't go directly to players in salaries. Their salaries end when the regular season ends. So playoff TV money is just more money in the wallets of the owners, which is a fi- it's fine. It's a fine setup. I don't care. But, but they're trying to treat that like it's, like it's a nothing burger. Like, well, if you give us that, we'll give you a box of crayons. I mean, I, I joked about it. Like, they treat it like that idiot in your fantasy league that always will offer you, like, three replacement-level players and two mid-level non-top-100 prospects for Juan Soto. You know, the old quantity-for-quality deal? Well, look, it's five players, man. You won't give me Juan Soto for five players? Like, that guy is in every fantasy league. And nobody makes trades with that guy because they're all terrible deals. And the offers that were coming in from Major League Baseball in that regard were terrible. 
It's essentially that they were saying, hey, here's a bunch of really small concessions on our part. Now give us the big ticket item in the expanded playoffs, man. And I think part of the problem here is that, you know, players cannot BS us when it comes to money. We know what they make. We know what their share is. We know what their contracts are. We know every penny that they make. But the owners are BSing us about this stuff all the time. Oh, it's not as good an investment. Get out of here. I, I Just get out of here. I'm going to talk about that later on, this idea that it's not as profitable as other businesses. Oh, sure it's not. We'll explain that later on. But here's an interesting quote that I found uh, from Blue Jays pitcher uh, Ross Stripling. Uh, Ross Stripling is the player rep for the Blue Jays, and he's describing how this went down on the day that they had the deadline, so earlier this week when they were getting past the deadline on Tuesday. He said it got to be like 12.30 in the morning, and the fine print that the owners put in on the luxury tax was, quote, stuff we had never seen before. And this is all, the rest of this is a direct quote. He said, they were trying to sneak things through us. It was like they think we're dumb baseball players and we get sleepy after midnight or something. It's like that stupid football quote. They are who we thought they were. They did exactly what we thought they would do. They pushed us to a deadline that they imposed. Then they tried to sneak some crap past us that the deadline, at the deadline, and we were ready for it. We've been ready for five years. And they tried to flip it on us in PR saying that we changed our tone and tried to make it look like it was our fault. And he said that never happened. But that idea that like the, the fine print is now changed and new when you're dealing on a deadline. And I have no reason to believe that he's BSing us. Maybe he is, but I doubt it. But the thing is, the players really can't BS us when it comes to the financial side because we know every penny that they make. We know that major league payrolls have been going down each of the last four years, while revenue has been going up. And new forms of revenue are popping up all the time. And by the way, new TV deals are kicking in here soon. And I got, I got, I, I so you guys are sh- you're clear on this. Those TV deals are going up. They're worth more money than previous TV deals, not less. And for all of you that are screaming, but the players have guaranteed contracts. So do the owners. The owners' TV deals are guaranteed contracts. So the owners get paid by a guaranteed contract for their biggest source of revenue, TV money. And let's not even get into how franchise values increase perpetually, how when you sell a team, you're going to sell it for a huge profit over what you paid for it. And it is a profitable business in season. We just saw this last week. Last week, we found out that the Atlanta Braves last year, because the Atlanta Braves are owned by Liberty Media. Liberty Media is a publicly traded company. So we we get to see the financials for the Atlanta Braves. They made a $100 million profit in 2021. So that's a year where revenues were not totally normal because attendance wasn't totally normal early in the year. And the Braves made a $100 million profit not revenue, profit. And they're a mid-level team. They're not one of the top earners. They're in the middle range. So yeah, if we use that as kind of, you know, tell us the ratio of revenue to payroll, we look at their payroll and their revenue, we can be like, all right, well, you know, if the Pirates are at this payroll level and the revenue is probably this, well, they're, 
they're taking home probably close to that much. I mean, the owner of the Pirates probably gets to stick $50 million in his pocket without even trying. You don't have to try, which is the problem for the player side. And that's what I want to get into next. The word competitive, because we're hearing it nonstop from Rob Manfred about the competitive balance tax. And he's saying it's the only mechanism that provides some sort of competitive balance. First of all, there is no competitive balance problem in Major League Baseball. And I will I will give you the numbers. There is no competitive balance problem in Major League Baseball. And even if there was one, you don't fix it just by limiting the top end of the spectrum. You fix it by limiting the top, sure, but then by raising up the bottom. Let's get into all that next on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, so let's dive into this next part, right? We keep hearing about competitive balance. Like the owners, the CBT needs to be tough. It needs to... Stay at a lower level. We can't raise that, and we need to raise the penalties, by the way. Otherwise, it's not going to work. We keep hearing that 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 is the only mechanism. You know, we hear it from Rob Manfred. We don't hear it from anybody else. But it's the only mechanism that helps maintain competitive balance in Major League Baseball. Now, it does one part of that job. It keeps the Dodgers and Yankees and Red Sox and, you know, the other really, really big revenue teams, Phillies and the other, you know, those top five, six, seven markets that just have ridiculous revenues. It keeps them from running away and hiding from the mid-level to the second-tier teams. But they're, they're already having payrolls four to five times larger than those teams at the bottom end, like the Marlins and the Pirates and the Orioles and all of that. So it's not like you know changing the top end here is going to change what the lower-end teams are going to do. right? So if this were a competitive balance issue... If this was about creating more competition, then there would be mechanisms put into place willingly by owners of major league teams to bring the bottom tier up. Incentives to get them to spend more. Hey, how about this? Maybe increased revenue sharing. Maybe more money to those teams with the caveat that they have to spend some of it on the major league payroll. See, that would be good for competitive balance. That would be good for fans. But that doesn't exist, and it wouldn't exist under the proposals that either the players or the owners are putting out there. The fans in those markets are screwed, period, end of story. There will be nothing done for those fan bases to ensure that their teams actually have to try to make money. Because that's the problem right now, is it's very profitable to simply not try. What other business is that true of? Can you do that in the restaurant business? Can you do that in the radio business? Can you do that in any business? All of you out there that work for a company, do you think it's a valid strategy? Do you think you're going to make massive profit just by not trying? (laughs) I, I don't know of any other businesses where, where not trying can still make a buttload of money. But that's how it's set up in baseball. And see, that's the point. The luxury tax 
is not about competitive balance. It's about maintaining profit level for owners. And I don't even care how much money they make, guys. I don't care. Just stop BSing me. Because when you're BSing me, I'm starting to doubt your motives. Because this is not about competitive balance. If it were, like I said, you wouldn't just be holding it down at the top. You'd be pushing up from the bottom as well to try to get everybody near the middle. That's what the NFL has. The NFL has a cap, and then they have a floor that is 90% of the cap. So, yeah, that's how you try to keep teams close in terms of payroll, in terms of talent acquisition. But that's not what's happening in baseball. It's not what they're asking you. Also, I should point out, there is absolutely no evidence that there is a problem with competitive balance in Major League Baseball. Allow me to uh, explain. There's a sports researcher for the Yes Network by the name of James Smith. And it's spelled with a Y, S-M-Y-T-H. I found a link to his to a, to a Twitter thread from him from a story on CBS Sports. But he went through these percentages because people always argue, right, there's no parity in baseball. There's, you know, We hear it from, from owners and we hear it from Rob Manfred all the time. We have a competitive balance. But we heard it from Bud Selig all the time. So let's go back over the last 23, 22, 23 seasons. Since 2000, 39% of NHL teams have won a Stanley Cup. 33% of NBA teams have won an NBA championship. 38% of NFL teams have won the Super Bowl. 50% of Major League Baseball franchises have won the World Series. So when it comes to winning championships over the course of the last two decades plus, Major League Baseball has been more balanced than the sports with a salary cap. And, of course, if you've listened to me long enough, you know, I've said it forever, and it's true. Salary caps are not about parity. Salary caps are about guaranteeing profit. That's what, it's, that's what it is. It's cost certainty. So, again, this is James Smith from the S Network pointing out, how about playoff appearances in Major League Baseball since 2010? So the last 12, 13 seasons, 31 NHL teams out of 31, not counting Seattle because they just started, but 31 out of 31 made the playoffs since 2010, 29 out of 30 in the NBA, 32 out of 32 in the NFL and 29 out of 30 in major league baseball. So they're right there with the other leagues when it comes to just making the playoffs. How about multiple trips to the playoffs since 2010, every team in the NHL has made multiple playoff appearances. 93% in the NBA, 81% in the NFL, 87% in Major League Baseball. So right there, better than the NFL, just below the NBA. How about what percentage of teams win their divisions? Because again, we're breaking this down by a lot of things, right? We're talking about competitive balance. 77% of NHL teams and NBA teams have won their division since 2010. 75% of NFL teams 83%, 25 major league teams have won their division at some point since 2010. How about playoff success? Those that have reached the, the final eight in their sport. Since 2010, 
90% of NHL teams, 87% of NBA teams, 84% of NFL teams, 97% of Major League teams, the only team in Major League Baseball that hasn't reached the final eight in the postseason, so the divisional round, the only team that hasn't gotten there in that time is the Mariners. How about reaching the final four? So reaching the ALCS or the NLCS. And by the way, keep in mind with all these percentages throughout this entire time frame, Major League Baseball had the toughest set of circumstances to make the playoffs. The fewest number of teams making the playoffs. The lowest percentage of teams to make the playoffs. Yet their percentages are the same as or better than the other sports. Huh. It's kind of funny how that works, right? Does that sound like a competitive balance problem to you? Does that sound like the haves running away from the haves-nots? Does that sound like that? Because that's what we're constantly told. And the fact is, it's not happening. All right, let's close out on two more. Percentage of teams in each league to reach the final four in their respective sport since 2010. 71% in the NHL, 67% in the NBA, 72% in the NFL, 63% in Major League Baseball. So not as good as the other sports. But still, two-thirds of Major League Baseball teams have reached the Final Four since 2010. And then, how about those that have reached the championship round? Those that have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, the World Series, the the, the Super Bowl. 52% of NHL teams have done that since 2010. 37% of NBA teams, 44% of the NFL teams, and 47% of Major League Baseball teams. So looking at all of that, the frequency of making the postseason, uh, the frequency of advancing into the postseason, the frequency of winning championships, or even getting to the final round, Major League Baseball is as good as or better than all of the other sports. Does that sound like there's a competitive balance problem in baseball? Nope. That's because there's not. Hang tight. We got a little bit more on this next on KMOX. All right, so we're going to wrap things up here. You can tell I'm a little agitated tonight. The fact that we're not going to have the regular season starting on time. We're still sitting here. Silly. I mean, I I know you guys, I'm sure there are people amongst you that are listening. They're like, why? This guy's got to shut up about bashing the owners. Good God, the players have a share of this. And they have a share. But it's a really small share. Because what they're asking for isn't a lot. What they're asking for, and, you know, if if you look at this, and say, all right, what are they like? Ultimately, if you want to kind of define it to a couple of general ideas, what are they? What are the? What are the players asking for? What they're asking for is for the bottom end salaries and the collective bargaining tax, the luxury tax. They're asking for those two things to rise as revenues rise. That's it. That's what they're asking for, because revenues keep going up. But the owners don't want the CBT to move up. They don't want the luxury tax to move up. You know, the players, the, the lower end salaries have not moved up. And as I pointed out earlier, raising the low, raising the bottom tier salaries, so raising the minimums, and therefore the salaries that come in before arbitration and free agency, isn't forcing owners to raise payroll. It does nothing of the sort. They can still choose to keep their payrolls the same as they are today even with those raises, by not paying other players, by not paying essentially 
the mid-level players, which is what they're already doing. But all they need to do is continue that trend, and they and owners don't lose on this. This is the point. They still set their own payroll. There's no number that they have to reach. There's the only number that they have to reach is in the win column, and and that really only matters in some markets. Like it matters to the Cardinals. It's their model. Their model is to win so that attendance stays high, because that is the key. By the way. The key to <clears throat> to increasing your revenue is winning. But see, there's some risk involved in that. If your payroll is higher and you don't end up winning injuries, underperformance, whatever, then you have a chance to, to make less. Nobody loses money in baseball. I don't believe it. Not for a second. Not with the revenue streams that are there. But you'll make less. But the profit level is guaranteed if you just keep your payroll, you know, $50, $60 million or less. You keep your payroll down there, you, you're, you're bringing home tens of millions of dollars in profit without even trying. So it's easier and there's no risk, which is what really wealthy people want, right? I mean, they want more money with less risk. And again, in principle, I don't have a problem with that. But I have a problem with it at the macro level here because what we have are 30 owners that are free market capitalists. That's what they are. They, I guarantee you they will all preach the virtues of free markets and capitalism because that's how they got where they are. Yet when it comes to their ownership of a sports team, they want safety nets. They want things that in the regular world they would call socialism. They want elements in play to protect them. Things that in the real world they would call entitlements. So the Pirates want to be able to live on Major League Baseball's version of welfare. Yet the owner probably, not probably, certainly, Bob Nutting, by the way, views himself as a free market capitalist. How do you reconcile those two things? How do you say it's all about the free market, baby? And then when it comes to your sports team, like, yeah, but you guys got to give me a lot of money for nothing because reasons. I mean, come on, man. At least be consistent. And, and if you if you listen to me over time, you'll notice that one of the things that irritates me more than anything on almost any topic is inconsistency. Carrying one set of beliefs when it comes to you and another set of beliefs when it comes to everyone else. And that's stuff that I just can't abide. And I, I do realize that part of what makes everybody angry about what's happening in baseball is it's too much like the real world. It's too much like politics, where you have to pick a side and nobody's reasonable. Nobody wants to have a conversation. Nobody wants to sit down at the same table and figure out a reasonable solution that actually benefits the largest number of people. All anybody wants is more for themselves. And yeah, I put more of the responsibility for that on the people in power, regardless of which example that we're looking at, because they're the ones in power. What more do you need? Again, I'm not asking owners in Major League Baseball to capitulate on every issue. Of course not. That's stupid. They should get things that they want, and they are getting them, by the way. 
But what what they want it to be right now is dominance. They want to dominate the union. It's not about just money, although that's a big part of it. It's about flexing. It's about that ego. And that's why it's a danger to the sport long term. You're putting your own egos in front of the health of your business for the long term by doing nothing but negative stuff for eight months. All right, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Hang tight, man. My buddy Greg Damon is coming up next here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.